Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. Special shout out to the Hardy Souls who are watching live on YouTube and anybody who tuned in throughout our eight live shows throughout the Olympic trials. It flew by, Gordon. We're already post-trials. I know. It's crazy, man. It's not only flew by, it's almost July. We are closer. We are almost closer to, I guess we are closer now. Maybe, I don't know. Closer to 2022 than we are to 2020. Isn't that crazy? It's also, July. fun fact, Gordon's closer to being asleep than awake. <laughs> that is true. This right, is a right, challenge. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, we may need to think about changing our start time. If you're in the chat, tell us if you think 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. West Coast, 10 a.m. East Coast is too damn early. Let us know if we should go a little later. They're asleeping in the chat too. They're they, they had a no. they had a long weekend. We had yep. a lot of people watching on Sunday night, which turned into Monday morning on the pod, which is kind of weird when you think about it. That started at midnight Eastern, so the Olympic trials finished on Monday. That's just really weird to think about how late it was, especially because uh, we got into such a routine. It already felt late, right, when we were recording those shows post pod. And then that one was just like even later than that. So pretty wild. Okay. Uh, tell people about the schedule for Thursday before we get started. Can you do that? Thursday. Oh, yeah. So Thursday we are – so the Diamond League is going down, the Oslo Diamond League. Uh, and the Diamond League ends at 3 p.m. Central time. So that's when we're going to go live. Instead of going live Thursday morning, we're going to go live Thursday afternoon. So we'll do a quick – Live reaction right after the conclusion of the Diamond League, similar to what we did during the Olympic trials. So watch track meet, then come on here, and we'll talk about it. Okay. And we'll preview Oslo a little bit later in this episode so you'll know what to watch for in that meet. Okay, here we go. Uh, People are chiming in now. Someone says they woke up literally two minutes ago, so similar sleep patterns to you. Uh, Sarah says 4 p.m. here in Norway works great for me. Uh, Christian says it's good. It's 10 p.m. in Malaysia. So there you go. I think because we have an international audience here, anytime you pick any time, it's going to be great for some people and terrible for others. It's just a matter of what Gordon wants, I think. Yeah, they should do what's good for me. I think that's a priority. (laughs) That's if what I just want. Gonna, good for me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just think, uh, I just think when you have when you have a multiple time zones, work everybody's work schedule scrambled now, even more so than it was pre-pandemic. People, some people are still working from home, some people back at the office. You're you're never going to get a perfectly set time, but I hope the people who don't, you know, not able to watch live, they'll be able to, you know, catch it on the site, or you know, you can subscribe uh, just through the audio audio version. Audio version has been tough lately because Gordon will be like, hold on, let me see the spreadsheet. All right, let me pull it up. All right, now, as you can see in cell D9 right here, you can all see it. And then people, they're, they have their AirPods on. They're out for a run or something. They're like, no, Gordon, I can't see it. Um, anyway, so Thursday, post-Oslo, we will recap that meet. We'll talk about Oslo today. We'll talk about Continental Tour today. We'll talk about the Jamaican trials, the much-anticipated Jamaican trials 
recap. We had a lot of Jamaican friends in the chat uh, over the Olympic trials, so we'll talk about that. But first, we want to recap a little bit more of the Olympic trials, go through some winners and losers. I actually want to start with something you brought up, Gordon. Can we start with one of your takes here? Go for it. And you you teased this the last episode of the trials, but we're new winners and losers. You broke it down by shoe company sponsor, correct? You I did. Yeah, I, I put out I put out a tweet at like one a.m. at the conclusion. Yeah, one a.m. one fifteen a.m. of the breakdown of Olympic trials champions. Now this is running events only because I want to do based off of like you know the whole shoe technology debate. And this includes the marathon as well. But in 2016, 16 of the 22 champions were Nike shoe wearers. And in 2021, only 11, half. So it went down. You would think, based on all the press and the controversies and everyone thinking like, oh, these super shoes, what are they doing to our sport? That like Nike would just win every event. But it went down. New Balance won six. They went from mm. two in 2016 to six. Adidas added two more, went from one to three. Hoka went from zero to two. I don't know about you, but does that mean something? What, what do you think that means? Well, a couple things. One, New Balance has done a good job picking their athletes. I think we can say that for sure because you have Bromel, star, wins the 100. Gabby Thomas wins the 200. Sydney McLaughlin breaks the world record, wins the Formula Hurdles. They sweep in the women's 1500 as well. The list went on and on in terms of New Balance's success. Emily Sisson rocked that 10,000. Yeah, I think it means the the technology is caught up. It's pretty equitable. I know some some shoe companies, I don't think any of the ones that are listed here, but some of the shoe companies were letting athletes run in Nike shoes. But everything I've heard, New Balance, their spike is as good as Nike spike. We didn't really hear shoe talk at all these eight days. Did you notice that? It didn't get brought up. Yeah. And I think there's a reason for it is because look at, look at that. I mean, Nike didn't go one, two, three in every event. You had a bunch of New Balance athletes, some Adidas athletes, and Hook athletes doing well. So it's kind of hard to run that narrative when Nike mm-hmm. isn't going one, two, three in every event. Mm-hmm. So you're saying now, obviously, loser, uh, loser here, Nike, because they only won eleven <laughs> of the events. Now, obviously, it's not just the shoes running. Like if you put Trayvon Bromel, I'm sure in a bunch of uh, Crocs, he's probably still wins. Yeah. But, you know, it does prove a point that people thinking like Nike is the only way. It's clearly not true. Like it, there are some inferior products out there, but clearly Adidas and New Balance, if you put a good athlete inside their product, it's just going to be able to compete with Nike. Mm-hmm. Our next one I have on the list, and this is a tough one. This is a tough one. But if you look at the entire – landscape of American athletes going into trials. And you made a list of people who could contend for medals in Tokyo. And then you make another list of people who were gold medal favorites in Tokyo. You'd say pretty much everybody got through 
on the potential medalist front. And amongst the gold medal threats, I think only one didn't. And that would be Donovan Brazier. Now, we saw afterwards, he was in a walking boot, he was in crutches, clearly was not 100%. But the the mantra always for the Olympic trials is third is as good as first, survive in advance, move on, just figure out a way to get to, to Tokyo and then figure it out later. But the person who suffered the most from trials being what they were, I think was was Brazier because the guy comes in, American record holder, hadn't lost to an American in a final since the 2016 trials, big favorite, not just in this meet, but in Tokyo and is not able to advance. Of course, I think he's going to be back. He was really confident moving forward that he was going to make it, but everybody had him penciled in as being on the team. He was in advertisements being on the team. And for good reason, as I mentioned before, American record holder blew everybody out in Doha and looked to be on his way to another successful season. And, and it didn't happen. And I can't, can you think of anybody else, Gordon, who was a gold medal candidate who didn't get out of Eugene? Gold medal candidate? I mean, not really. I can't really think of anyone who didn't make it that we put gold. There are people who probably could medal, but yeah, gold. Donovan was the only one that was gold, I think, that didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Like you could There's argue like a Justin Gatlin could have found a way to medal in a final because of his experience. Um, you could argue someone in like the 400 might have been able to medal that didn't make it through. Mm-hmm. But – Overall, yeah, all the the gold favorites are, are going, which is good. That's what you want, right? We talk about is it a fair? You know, you want to make sure your gold medalists are going representing, and we got everyone except for one. So that's a good thing at mm-hmm. least. Yeah, and I, credit again to Brazier afterwards answered all the questions. You know, took took the responsibility. Said if you're at that level, you got to figure out a way to get it get it done and I wasn't I wasn't good enough but I know I'm going to be back and I'm sure he's as hard on himself as as anybody else would be there's a bunch of people yeah oh okay I had that person maybe even winning trials or getting third but nobody was in the position that Brazier was going into into Tokyo um and if you hadn't had a chance to check out his interview you should uh you should you should watch it I think it's a pretty good pretty good look into his mindset after such a disappointing performance and again give a bunch of credit to him just for talking opening up about what was going on with him and it wasn't afterward it wasn't until afterwards when we saw on craig engel's instagram posts of brazier with the with the crutches and the walking boot so clearly there there was an injury there just unfortunate timing for him and his build up to to the olympics but he doesn't have to wait long there's another major championship next year um all right. Do you want to do you want to talk about either positive or negative, winner or loser here next, or do you want me to keep going? Uh, you keep going. I do have some breaking news, but you can keep going. Okay, is this real breaking news? It is, but you don't like it when I zigzag out of our run of show, so I'll save it for the end. Okay. Well, if it's breaking, it needs. Okay. 
Now I'm going to spend the, the rest email. of the show wondering what it is. You got the oh, email. It's, an email. It's, in an e- it's Yeah, it's in your email. So, Which email? There's no... <laughs> your, you your main email. Yeah. There's it's no not really that email. breaking. It's just... Okay. It's, it's subtle. It's not that big. Okay. okay. Anyway. We'll, we'll, talk about, we'll, we'll, we'll tease it to the end. We'll tease it to the end. Winners. Another winner. Here we go. I put these in one bucket here. Winners. The doublers. I'm talking about Javon Harrison. Swept the high jump and the long jump. Talk about Woody Kincaid, who made it in the five and the ten. Talk about Grant Fisher, who made it in the five and the ten. I'm talking about Kershaw Swiser, who made it in the five and the ten. We didn't have anybody make it in the team in the hundred and the two hundred on the men's and women's sides, which which was interesting. But those four made it in both events. Most impressive of that group, I'd say Javon Harrison did them both on the same day and did a double that most people have never done before. In fact, you have to go back to 1912 and Jim Thorpe before another American won the high jump and the long jump in the same day. Also, he won them both, whereas Fisher, Kincaid, and Schweizer didn't sweep both of them. And you look at the performances from from Javon Harrison, brings out his best long jump of his life uh, in that competition, goes 847. He's got a chance, Gordon, to do something special in Tokyo. This is not just a U.S. story. This is going to become a world story pretty soon. Yeah, I want to bring up the world rankings, or not rankings, the world lists for both of those events to see how close Javon is to double gold, which would be incredible if, if that happened. So Travis will bring it up. I, I do know in the um, the high jump, he's second behind a Russian. So we don't even know if that Russian's going to be there. I'm not sure exactly all. They authorized did announce neutral the, athlete. The authorized neutral athlete. Team ANA. Okay. Yeah, so, so he's two, second behind. Is, yeah. Barely. Barely second. Okay. Barely. And then in the long jump, he, I believe, is second as well behind uh, a Greece athlete. Yeah, uh, behind Milt Milt. Oh, I'm gonna get in trouble here. Milt Iadis Tetogulo. Did I get that right? This is why we have such a vast international audience. <laughs> okay, he's He's jumped 860. He's jump, I, my Greek is not good. So okay. I will just I will just say you did a good job trying. And Thank you. Tentagolu? Tentagolu? Uh, 860. Okay, so he's number two in both. It's a pretty good spot to be in going into Tokyo. Yeah. And his number two mark was into a headwind, into a negative point mm-hmm. two headwind. You got to think, he has been consistent. Like when he... When he jumped in the long jump, all five of his jumps were over eight meters. So he didn't have any duds. You have to think he's going to be able. He's shown consistency. He's gone through an indoor season, an outdoor season, and now was able to time everything to do everything all in one day. He's. I think he can medal. I think he can. I think he can win double gold. Who would have thought? Like. That he was like he's a man who's going to win two gold medals at the Olympics. This is wild to go from, oh man, can he win NCAA's? Oh yeah, now it's a lock to now like double gold, potentially yeah. being a legitimate thing that could happen. That's wild. And he stuck with those two events. It's not as if when the competition got harder, he switched up and just tried to focus on one. He kept going with this double. 
that's what's so cool about it. Um, just, just, just a sensational performance for him and in Eugene, and hope he can keep it going. He's just got to hold the momentum now for another month or so to get it to Tokyo. On those distance doubles, we've talked about Kincaid and Fisher and Schweizer and the decision they face on whether or not they're going to actually compete in both. I think that they end up, they will end up running in both. I think the revelation for Kincaid was just his kick. I think Schweizer, we knew who she was. We knew how good she was. It's just a matter of doing it uh, in a championship setting. And with Fisher, it's just the consistency and being right there in the mix in both races. Very similar to how he ran in college. Didn't always win in college, but he was always up there in the top three and contending at the line. And he's transferred that now to the professional style of racing. Speaking of his college, I want to bring up, I'm going to send this to Travis. Travis, I want you to go to Flash Results, the 2016 NCAA Outdoor Championships. I'm going to text message it to you so we can bring it up for people on the YouTube audience. Um, this was his, This was Woody Kincaid's final NCAA championship. He was like a fifth-year senior, I believe. And he finished ninth in the 5K final. Now, on paper, when we look at a 5K final, like, all right, he's ninth. I really mm. don't see a path to go from ninth to Mao, like the best kicker in the U.S. And he did lose to legitimate people. You know, Cesarek, McGordy, Tiernan was in there. Fisher, McDonald were there. He did hey, beat a 12, beat out. Beat, 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 beat a 1250 guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you beat the, the sophomore 1250 guy who wasn't good yet in Justin Knight. But if you look at this list, he just looks like in the same he doesn't look like he's in the same category as McGordy and Cesarek or even the Fisher and McDonald, the, the two freshmen, because he just got beat pretty handedly. But if you scroll up and click on splits. I found this fascinating. Click on the word final, Travis. Yeah. And go look at the last 400. Guess who had the fastest last 400 <laughs> in this field of 24? The guy who finished ninth. He closed in 56 seconds. The winners closed in 57 seconds. He closed in 56.65, which was faster than what Ches did and what, what Gordy did. And it kind of just like, it's a low key, like no one saw that happening because he was back in ninth. Mm -hmm. But I think that was proof. I mean, 56 closed off of a 332 pace in college at that time. And now everyone's running much faster then. But during that era, that's a legitimate close off of a hot pace. Mm -hmm. And clearly there was something there. And now we're seeing it in 2021 where he's closing in 52 and 53 seconds. And... I mean, his close was the best close of the trials. It's better than Chalimo's. I think it's better yeah. than Fisher's. I'm not sure if it's better than Hawker, but they're not in the same events anymore. So we could take that off the map. But like in the distance events, he's our best closer right now. Yeah, 100%. And this is a great stat to bring up. Basically, he's hiding in plain sight. And yeah. maybe people who were figuring out 
who to give contracts to were looking at things like this. They weren't just looking at the ninth place, but they were looking at the closing speed and who can layer on some more strength and endurance to that speed, give it a little bit more of a seasoning and then have him have him turn into what he's turned into now because he, he graduates in 20, you know, his PB came right before that meet 1327. So he graduates with the 1327 PB in 2016. That's, good time 2021 1326 i don't think that would get you anything it wouldn't get you any yeah. like you'd be what 50 you'd be 100 meters behind cooper tier at the yeah. ncaa championships and then you know from from there 2017 he drops it all the way down he runs that 13 12 indoors but then i think yeah, exactly. Then he gets hurt, and then it then it, things get kind of confusing because then you're like, well, where's his? What's his progression at? Because in 2019 he comes back and runs 12:58. But I think we need to start talking about that more, looking at that stuff more when we're forecasting who's going to be able to make the step from college to pro of just because we know it's so dependent on just that top end speed, even in something that long. Start looking at those 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 closing metrics and see who has it. Yeah, that's a good good stat, man. That's a good. I wonder if you could predict even like how fast did night close? Did night close well in that race too? Is there a predictive factor? Uh, night didn't close well in that race. He, cause night ran a, a 70. Uh, he like was in it and then just like fell off. Um, but night was a sophomore night had yet to really, yeah. I think this was, he was running like 30, maybe he either had a bad race or it's the season before he got good. So mm-hmm. yeah, but, yeah, he yeah. was literally he was literally running thirty miles or something a week his sophomore year at Syracuse. There's an interview yeah. you can find that we did with him where he told me his mileage by year, and I think he said he got up to sixty by the time he left. But he was adding about ten miles every every year. All right, um, let's do another winner. You ready for another winner, Gordon? Give me some winners. Four hundred meter hurdles, men's, women's, four meter hurdles. I think are big winners coming out of this meet. You, of course, on the women's side, have another epic battle between McLaughlin and Muhammad. You have the world record go down. And now everybody wants to see that race in Tokyo. Not that they didn't already, but now we're even more excited about seeing McLaughlin and Muhammad race in Tokyo and how fast they can go. And like I said, every time these two get together, something special happen so there's no reason to think it's not going to happen again in tokyo mclaughlin you have reason to believe she's going to get better just this was only her second 400 meter competition of the year and then muhammad coming off an injury and still pulling out the third best time of her career is is super impressive she she did the whole hey i just got through now i have time to prep for tokyo so i don't think we should count her out i think we're going to see another special race in tokyo then you go to the men's side of things and Rye Benjamin, he drops a heater on there, passes Carson Warholm on the all-time list and moves up to number two all-time. That race, of course, was already interesting. The women's formula hurdles, as I mentioned, was already interesting, but they just got turned up another notch there, Gordon, going into Tokyo. So interest in these two events is going to be even higher based on what we saw in Eugene. Yeah, and we're going to see Carson Warholm in the Diamond League uh, in his home country on mm-hmm. Thursday, and we'll react to it, see if Carson 
kind of sees what Ribe did in his national championships and kind of can respond with a home soil, you know, 46 second, maybe high, 47 low to kind of show like, hey, I'm still here. Don't worry, Riot. You won't be by yourself in Tokyo. I'll be either right beside you on the outside or on the inside. Um, but yeah, the 400 hurdles. I love how the winner is just a inanimate object, uh, a 400 meter hurdle. Like, yep. That's the winner. It has no soul. It can't eat or breathe. It's just a. It's an object. It just. It, there's ten of them. They go around in a circle, and they're you know ten meters apart. Uh, how many meters apart? I guess forty <laughs> meters apart. Doing the math. Uh, and those are the winners. They they do. How do we give an award to a hurdle? How do we crown them well, a, a winner? We can just say we can say fans of the four meter hurdles had a lot to cheer okay. for. Uh, another. I'll switch to the to the loser side. Here's another inanimate object, Gordon. Blocks. Blocks. Big loser on the blocks. The blocks got criticized a lot. The sensors in particular. There were the four false starts in that men's high hurdle heat. Then later on that day, there were uh, several restarts in the women's formula hurdles. Uh, I think Trayvon Bromel summed it up the best in a tweet. He says, throw the blocks away. We got Seiko's Gill Omega. Toss them gray little joints in the garbage. <laughs> I like how I called them the gray little joints. <laughs> That's amazing. He just Trayvon Bromel's beef with the blocks. I love it. Otto Bolden a... <laughs> was in, in, incredulous, and then he was just upset because he was saying basically just do the eye test at a certain point because you could see nobody was was moving, and there was callback after callback after callback. It was the one thing I think that unified the track and field community over the weekend. I think everybody could get on the same page about the blocks being trash. Jeremy Warner chimed in. He said, go old school and unplug them and do it by eye. I'm thankful this didn't impact a, a final. I know they restarted, they restarted Grant's final, the high hurdle final. Um, there was a false start or some issue there. And I think, was there a call up in the women's formula hurdles final as well too? But obviously- Unless there was in the final. So, they maybe in the yeah, semis. If it, did, if it did slow Sydney down, it didn't It didn't by much. I'm not sure if Grant could have broken the world record uh, if not for that, that issue. But again, blocks, those gray little joints, put them in the trash. First of all, Trayvon, he knows the brand names of all the, the different block companies. I like it. I had no, no idea are, that. Yeah, the, like The timing companies, right? Oh, those are timing companies. Seiko, Skill, well, well, Omega. Omega timing, Seiko's timing, Gill is track and field. Like they make like track and field equipment, but I don't, I do not know. Yeah, actually they might make, they might make blocks. I guess, I don't know who made, who made them. I don't know if it's a sensor problem hard, or a block problem or what. Yeah. How hard would it be for us to uh, start a track and field blocks company? Do you think this is a time to get into the market? Like there's an opening? Like there can be like they're looking for new buyers? I and we could just start creating. I got, a, I, got, I got a spare bedroom. We can open up shop in there, build, build the blocks in the bedroom, and then start shipping them to track and field uh meets around the, around the world are you in we can i'm in we can uh well we need to do it now crowdfund we, we can crowd 
we can crowdfund it with the podcast, right? We get people to donate and then you get your own custom FlowTrack podcast block that you can stand in while you listen to the pod. It'd be perfect. Uh, in the chat, they're saying there wasn't a call up in the final of the formula hurdles, but millions in the prelim. There was a, there was a call up. I remember in the final of the high hurdles. Cause I remember thinking, Ooh, that's going to be tough for Holly. He's already run 1281 in the semi. And now he's going to have to do a second, a second start. Did we ever get an explanation of what was going on? Like, was it just a technology error or a sensor that was malfunctioning? Like, what was, do we know exactly what was happening? I think we're assuming it was a sensor issue because it was reading that people were moving. Like it was giving a negative reaction time to people. They were showing the reaction time during that high hurdle festival of false starts. And it was showing negative as if, you know, they released enough pressure, but then you watched them and they didn't really move. So it was basically saying people were getting off the blocks before they were. Um, I think, Why do but we... again, but again, like, I'm sure the starters have discretion there too in it. And that's where people were starting to complain, like, hey, the starter needs to step in and just let him, let him go. Because after, once you get past two, it's, it's changing the dynamic of the race, I think, at that point. Do you think instead of using sensors on the blocks, they should do like motion video sensors like around along the start line to see if they like their body moves forward. I don't know. And like combine it because mm. your maybe your eye is more likely to a visual is more likely to see a movement than a, than the pressure sensor feels a movement like pressure mm. sensors can get malfunction, but a visual, if you see the foot move, you know, it's actually moving versus, the pressure of the foot. I don't know. See, and remember, remember the first four days before people really turned on the blocks, there was the Aaliyah Hobbs DQ. Yeah. And then she got reinstated. I wonder if that happened in the last four days after the fall start festival, if they would have been more forgiving and let her run the semis and didn't DQ her and then reinstate her later, because well, that was the case too, where she, she barely, she barely moved and well in the one the big blocks. in the big one of the semis of the 110 hurdles like it did it was like a four false starts and then the fourth one they dq'd the washington state athlete he actually yeah, advanced yeah. they let him run in the next oh, round did. yeah <laughs> so i looked at like, it was they're they, basically they, like our stuff junk our stuff is junk our, our technology is crap we don't really mean it yeah he protested and got got into the next round, which might be a strategy. Maybe the way to get in is to like screw up your your uh, your blocks, like sabotage your own blocks. Just stay still the entire time. Make them keep calling false starts until they DQ you, so you never have to run. Mm -hmm. And then you just auto advance on protest because you know that they're they're gonna blame the blocks and not you. And then that's how you get through the rounds. And now that there's an extra lane, you know there's that spot they give you. And then all of a sudden you're in the final. And then you just like let it rip and beat Grant Holloway and go to the Olympics. There Simple. You go. It's as easy as that. How to it's make the Olympics.com. Yeah. On the on the protest form, I hope the athletes just put Trayvon Bromel's tweet under explanation <laughs> for what happened. 
just a copy and paste of, of his tweet. All right, let's keep it moving. Uh, another winner, another winner. I'll do one more winner and one more loser, and then we'll move on to talk about the Jamaican trials. The youth, Gordon, the youth. Arian Knighton, 17, a thing Mo, Cole Hawker, those three on the last day. But there were amazing performances by young athletes throughout the championships. But we had questions coming in, especially the ones who competed in the NCAA. How would they respond, especially if they went indoor indoor to outdoor? Would they be out of gas by the time the championships came? And I was just impressed with these three because they did not back down at all. With 100 meters to go, Cole Hawker had to know he was in top three position. But he didn't care. He wanted to win. And that was remarkable. Arian Knighton right after the semi breaks Usain Bolt's record, but then beats it again, beats his, his record now, beats his own record in the final. And he's going toe to toe with Noah Lyles in that 200 and Kenny Bednarik and Fred Curley, a lot of experience there on that start line. And then you have a thing, Mo, who had every reason in the world to be confident and she should have been confident, but th still the way she ran she dictated the entire race and ran away from everybody in the last 200. Um, and you can say, oh, wow, yeah, she she, ran, she negative split at 157 earlier in the year. She's run 49 mid in the quarter. She's just better than everybody. But it's hard at that stage to do it. And she's running big meets before, but this was the most pressure packed by far. And I just am fascinated by these young athletes who had every reason to to settle for like top or run conservatively and just get get top three but they went for it all of them went for it which probably shows you why they're in that position in the first place because they have that mentality i got a three-part question for you on these three athletes part one okay. of the question of the three who do you think will have the highest finish at the tokyo olympics a thing mo I agree with you. I think, yeah, uh, 15607, you're going to have the highest finish. So that was the easy question. That was like filling in your name on your SATs. Now we're going to get to the hard stuff. Question number two, who will have the highest finish internationally, a.k.a. provided they qualify for the Olympics in 2024? In 2024, who will? I mean, I'll stick with the thing, Mo. I know it's a boring answer, but I'm just going to stick with her. Yeah? So you don't think yeah. Knighton will be able to go into the 19.5 range, 19.6 range and be – no? He could. He could, but if thing, Mo, is if she's finishing first, is there a place higher than first that I don't know about? No, but, you know, other people could, you know, come up. You don't know. The, okay. Sure. Okay. So it's 2024. Right so I'm, it's still a right thing, Mo. I'm taking Mo. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Who are you going to go? Last question. Last question. No, 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 not four more years. Who will be the first? Who? How many of them? This is a okay. fill in the bulb. This is a multiple choice answer question. Mm -hmm. Who can? Who will break the American record? Zero, one, two, three. Uh, I'll go one. 
And a thing mill? Yes. You can see a trend here developing. <laughs> I that mean, it's, it's definitely... It's definitely possible for both of them, but a thing is what a half second from it. She's the world leader. So if you're asking who's in position to get a medal right now, it's her who's in a position to get a medal in a couple of years. It's her who's in a position to run an American record. It's her. It's just, it's the easiest answer. Again, I'm not, I'm not discounting either of the other two because they're great, but a thing Mo is um, better right now relative yeah. to the rest of the world. Yeah. Not, that's I guess not a it was a yeah no you know you're 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 playing you're playing cards you're right uh I do want to talk a little bit before we go on to the next topic about Cole Hawker I did another analytical tweet analysis uh last <laughs> night I really want to figure out is Cole Hawker going to the Olympics I'm pretty confident he is but there are two notable 1500s that remain and they're happening soon they probably are happening within a few hours. Uh, Canada one will probably there's one in Switzerland and one in Canada so the Canada one will probably happen later tonight Switzerland one will probably happen in a few hours because time difference but all the athletes running in this are athletes who are either on the bubble or right behind Cole Hawker in the rankings Cole Hawker basically needs to be leapfrogged by seven athletes there are two athletes in the Switzerland race who probably will leapfrog him because they don't need to run fast. It is, it's a it's a B level meet. They just need to run like three thirty eight, and they would leapfrog Cole Hawker in the rankings. But everyone else, in order to leapfrog Cole Hawker, they would actually have to run the standard. So they need a total of seven athletes in these um, in these two races to run the standard to leapfrog Cole Hawker, which would bump Hawker all the way down to forty sixth place. The odds of that happening, there's they're not zero. But it's also not like 50%. It's it's going to be hard for all seven athletes to get 335. But it did get me thinking. Should Craig Angles be hopping, hopping onto an international flight to Switzerland to be the best rabbit a man has ever <laughs> seen in the Switzerland yes. 1500 to make sure they all break 335? Yeah, I was going to say, you didn't list the put those uh, start lists up there again. It does not include the rabbit. It would be yeah. cool if it was Craig, Engel, Craig Engels in disguise. I mean, he already has a mustache, <laughs> so but he fake glasses. It's just like we have a late entrant into this. So basically what you're saying, let's see, there's one person in that first race who's run under 335 and one person in the second race. So yeah, so it would I did analysis. Yes, he should. He should be on the plane to answer your question, 100%. Yeah, he's, yeah. There's a good chance that you could argue like that three or excuse me, that four of these guys could do it. Two of them are going to get it because they don't need to run fast. A third on the Switzerland race could get it. I, you could see it happening. And then I could see Charles Philbert the, Thibodeau. Is that a Tibbet? Did I say his last name right? I don't know if I did. CPT. He has a 334 PB, so you can see him doing it. So I could get to four. Yeah. I just know if I could get to seven because that's what it would take for him to be knocked out, which is why when we tweeted late last the other night, I used, I used the phrase extremely likely. I didn't use the word yeah. guarantee because I knew this race is, was happening. And, you know, there is an extremely unlikely situation where all seven get the standard so i had to go this is extremely likely situation that he qualifies it but, would be hey 
it would be a turn of events to say it was because then we because then we'd go back and we'd watch the trials race again and we'd be like man if hawker when did he do the shush because maybe if he leaned instead of the shush he could have gotten a little extra time we dissect all of his races to see if he could have got those extra a couple tens and then you'd need to apologize too you'd need yeah. to say hey i told you you'd be able to do it with a 335 turns out i was wrong because in these european meets nine people <laughs> ran out of their mind <laughs> and pushed you exactly. out of the world rankings but yeah we'd have to analyze the shush and see how far from the finish line he actually was into the act of shushing to see if it cost him time all right something to keep an eye on there gordon i mean again we think i could see a situation where maybe usatf tries to protest and be like hey come on he won our championship we have like six guys with the standard so mm-hmm. you were, we're, we're going to give you three, you're, you're going to give us three spots and we want to give this to him. He has run 335 low, like four, four times. He's run a 350 mile. He beat mm-hmm. the Olympic defending champion, let him in the meet. And maybe they like, be like all right, we'll let you in. That, or that be, maybe they go, they go crazy. That'd maybe be a terrible US, precedent. What do you mean? Why, why would that be well, okay? This, are or maybe or not? USATF says insane. we. Maybe USATF wants Cole Hawker in the meet so bad, they decide to ban everyone else and let Cole Hawker be the one person who gets to go in the U- universality place, take. and like That's just Cole Hawker gets to represent Team USA because they really wanted him they in. They don't get a universality place because they have other people from other. Oh, you mean the, you mean the entire track team stays home? Not yeah, just, everyone not stays just, home on the right. track team, and then just Cole gets to okay. go. Well, yeah. Well, That's I, a Hail this Mary. was back in the day. If you had A and B standards from back in the day, you, you could just send him with the B, and then you could keep everybody else home. Uh, yeah, I don't think they should do that. I don't think they should change the rules for one person, but I think I still think it's extremely likely because seven people need to run really fast in, this, in these two meets. Yeah. But, hey, Super Shoes. Maybe with that angles, angles rabbiting, who knows? <laughs> anything is, uh, anything is possible. Again, it would be a crazy, crazy turn of events there after that race. And you know, who'd be justified Lee Diffie who yelled right after the race. There's an asterisk on the NBC broadcast. <laughs> like I told you, I told you not to trust your eyes. I was All hoping, right, I, I was hoping Kara Goucher would like, be like, Hey, According to sources, his ranking is good, and that source being FlowTrack. Because I worked hard to figure. I don't think anyone else is doing the math. Like I was updating like, other people's world ranking that because we don't know everyone else's world ranking because they do it. They update it today, but I was like figuring it out, looking up results from different national championships. You should have sent it to her. You've worked together. You we, guys broadcast. Well, we tweeted it out. We follow. We follow. You know, just maybe send it on Twitter. Sense. Send it to her. Say, hey, Karen, I know you're on the broadcast tonight. This is the situation for Cole Hawker. Do not use the word asterisk under any circumstance. <laughs> Do not say that. Don't okay. have anybody in the booth say the word asterisk. Here we go. Last one. Last one. This is another one that's – it's a group of people on this one. Uh, losers. And they're, they're losing here for a good reason. But they have a very mm-hmm. tough job ahead of them. U.S. coaches – 
U.S. coaches because they have to figure out the relay pool. And you're already seeing people lobby online for why they should be in the relay pool. Uh, now, Jeremy Warner wants to be the relay coach, so he's signing up for a tough job if he does it. And you can see the, the first response there is, you don't want them problems. And he says, for the four by four, I don't want to figure out the four by one. Four by one, both men and women is going to be super rough. I think four by four is going to be rough on the women's side to figure out because you got all these people who aren't running the hundred or the 400 who have strong cases to be made in the hundred or the 400. And I know we went through all of our teams, you, me, and Serenity in the first four days of the Olympic trials. And then we already had to go back after the second four days, the Olympic trials. Imagine how many changes are going to take place between now and Tokyo. And then how many changes are going to be made from the beginning of the Olympics to when the relays come about. It's just going to be a moving target constantly. So I think this is going to be a tough, tough, tough spot. And I, everybody says that they deserve to, to be on, but then nobody says the people that should be left off, right? They say, oh, such and such should be on the four by four. Okay, well, who? that means you're leaving somebody off. Who are you going to leave off? Or this person should be on the four by one. I saw, you know, Curly was tweeting out yesterday about how he should be on the, the four by one and the four by four, which you can make a good argument for that. But then you got to say, okay, who's your other three guys? Because then you're, are you, who else are you going to leave off? Obviously, he's earned a spot in the four by one because he's finished in the top three. Four by four, probably based on his history, but he hasn't really run it that much this year. You obviously are going to have Norman and Benjamin there. Cherry's run well enough. You know, what if Randolph Ross gets in the final? Are you gonna are you gonna keep him out? Um, four by one, complete mess on the men's side because you have the the three who made it, but then you also have Lyles there as well. Are you gonna put Lyles ahead of people that he finished behind in the trials? That's gonna be tough. Does does Arian Knighton have a case? I don't like Kenny Bednarik was was fourth in the 100 and then comes back and gets second in the 200 you feel pretty good about him uh, would you want this job gordon oh i do want this job and i have a way to <laughs> to to conduct this job i have i have a, a system and this is what we need to do you ready for what we need to do i mean a few weeks ago I, I i dropped my three trials idea to figure out a way to pick the team have three champions that's your team what we need idea. is we need a relay trials and not the type of relay trials that I came up with a few years ago where you kind of run a relay team and the relay team qualifies. But yeah. there is a strong chance in the next month, everyone is probably going to run again, right? There, people are going to want to do at least another race before the Olympics. Yeah. Like it's not everyone's just going to go into hibernation for 30 days. What we do is we pick a date that is good for the scheduling of training to be your best shape for, for August or whatever, whatever the date is. I don't care when the date is. It could be right away. It could be later. And we have a hundred meter race and a 400 meter race with everyone who wants to be on the relay, right? The only mm -hmm. people who are guaranteed on the relay were the people who finished top two uh, at USA's. So it would be, Bro, who finished behind Bromel in the uh, hundred? Baker. Can't believe. Baker. Yeah, right. So Bromel and Baker are on the team. 
you have the, the, the top two 400-meter runners, whatever, who finished one, two in the 400, uh, Norman and Cherry, same thing regardless, right? So those people are locked. And then you have a race for who gets to be the third and fourth leg. Now, I would argue maybe it shouldn't be top two. Actually, I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. Yeah, you are changing your mind because I know because it goes against your your, your take here. Yeah, 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 I'm changing changing it. Yeah, 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 I'm changing my mind. The winner of the trials is guaranteed. So Trayvon (laughs) is on the the team, Michael Norman, uh, Quinera Hayes, and uh, Shakari Richardson. So those are the people who are locked. And then we have this relays trials for who the other three are. Mm-hmm. Now, some would argue we already had it. It was called the Olympic trials. But now mm-hmm. it's different. Anyone can join. You can want to get on the start list. So if you, you know, Shamir Little can now go and try to be on the 4x4, right? Because she, mm-hmm. a thing Mo can now run an open four to show that she deserves to be on it. Sydney can go run the 400 to show that she deserves to be on it. But then we would get an Athingmo, Sydney, Allison Felix, uh, Shamir Little, Dalila Muhammad, and a yeah. few other open 400 runners all racing to be top three, which is what we do, to be top three to join Cornera Hayes on the 4x4. And then we do the same thing for the men. It'll be fun. I mean, then we'll get like Michael Norman running 100. You'll get Fred Curley running the 400. You'll get... You'll get uh, Grant Holloway running a hundred. He's like, "Oh, I'm going to run the hundred because I want to be on the four by one." And we would yeah. get because when you're at the Olympic trials, the focus is itself, right? It's your individual. You're focusing on making the team for yourself. You're not even thinking about relays. So maybe we should have let people do everything for themselves. So now you're going to Olympics, but now we have that relay Olympic relay champs where you get to focus. Mm-hmm. Where Michael Norman could run a hundred to be on the four by one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that's how we pick an awesome team. This is not that bad of an idea, yes. uh, especially compared to your three trials ideas, because I like the transparency. I like the, the meritocracy. I think you're right that it's difficult to be like, well, you already had the trials, but it's those for 140 meter runners. Yeah. You know, that wasn't really fair to a four meter hurdler to get in and then now we're going to try to start comparing apples to oranges so you could say okay of course someone like a thing mo deserves to be on the team but there's other cases that are a bit more gray and there's other people who are going to make their case the thing that's difficult about it so in a perfect world you'd say you do this event right and then you'd list everybody and then they could release it and say here's our prelim team at the olympics Here's our finals team at the Olympics. But someone's going to get hurt, right? Someone's going to have to scratch. Yeah. In the four, in the four by one, you got people who are good at starting. You got people who you want to run on the curve. You got people who you want on the anchor. So then you get into the inexact science of putting together a team that way. So it's more difficult than just having a list of people and you're going to say, these are my four for the prelim and these are my four for the final. Or I'm going to keep two from the prelim, two for the final. It must be as an athlete so difficult to try to figure out if you're going to be on this team, especially if you're somebody in that three through six range at trials and you're running the prelim. Maybe you get you get bounced in your individual event in the second round. 
Then you go to your prelim. Hey, did I, I, you know, I'm running for a spot. I need to run all out, but I got put on this weird leg and we're already ahead. Like it's, it's so difficult to, to sort out, but I wouldn't be, they're not going to do what you suggest. So let's not get too carried away with it. But I, I, I like it. Number one, from a viewing perspective, it'd be awesome to see all those people run. And two, it would kind it would calm down some of these questions. We don't need to be on social media debating who should go. If you want to be on the team, show up, show up and run. That's otherwise stop complaining that you got left off. That's why I would like. And it's, it's like a second chance for a lot of these athletes too, right? It's like Mm -hmm. someone like Matt Bowling could be like, oh man, what if I go try to run a 400 and split a 43 or something? I don't know. Like, you just have these situations and we can make it fun. You can make them when they run the hundred and the 400, they got to run with uh, batons in their hands because they got to simulate what it's like to be on a relay. So you'd have, have a baton in your hand when you uh, right, now do I'm this. Now I'm, out. Now, I'm out. now I'm out of your idea. Sorry. You lost me. Right no, there. come on. I mean, that, that they're not running there individually. They're going to be running with a baton in their hand. So you got to simulate what the actually is happening in the relay. Yeah. I think, do do we want to limit it though? Do you want to limit it to people who you did you have to finish in a certain spot in your event, or is it really just open call for anybody? It's open call, but okay. the thing is that we could have multiple heats and it's a timed final. But the thing is, we won't. Uh, we're only going to let. It's going to be seated, so. If you're a ninth yeah. seed, you're gonna have to do it on your own in a in a slower heat, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We'll continue to have this relay conversation for I think a couple <laughs> couple weeks now heading into heading into the Olympics. All right, we only got a few more minutes left. I want to talk about Jamaican trials, Gordon. Shelly and Fraser Price. Oh, I thought this was gonna be up. a running bit. I thought we so we ran out of time. Sorry. We'll talk about the Jamaican no. trials another time. And we just keep yeah. on pushing it. Until it's like 2024, and then we're like, oh, yeah, let's talk about the Jamaican trials. It could be like our bit. But no, we actually are going to talk about it. Shelly and Fraser Price ran 1071 <laughs> and then ran 2179. in the. She set a 200-meter PB. So she set a PB in the 100 and 200 this year. Sharika Jackson is running the 100 and 200 now. She was a 400-meter runner. She goes 10-8 and 21-8. Elaine Thompson, 10-8, 22 flat. I think you're right about the Jamaican 4 by one team. And you and Serenity, yes. and I was Serenity jumping in was... on that as well, too. Listen, I, I agree that the U.S. closed the gap this weekend because they had some people emerge. But my goodness, if, you're, if your group is 10-8, 10-7, 10-8, a pretty big big three to start with. And then you throw Morrison in there as well, and you got a squad. I'm interested, too. Does, does Fraser Price do the double? this year she's done it sometimes she hasn't other times if she does that 200 could be completely loaded gordon because if you have her the u.s women shauna miller weibo and dina asher smith that would be sensational we don't know what miller weibo is going to do or what fraser price is going to do but it would be amazing to see her um go for the double in in tokyo um your thoughts on that and then i want to talk about mcleod and the men's sprinters yeah, I mean, I, I said it earlier, I, I think this Jamaican team could be an all-time great Jamaican 4x1. 
we rarely see this much talent happening at the same time. And Jamaica, look at that. I mean, four of the top five, 10-6, 10-7, 10-7, 10-8. They could... Mm -hmm. They could run without blocks. They could like let everyone have a head start, and they would still destroy. I mean, it's not even a question. Like it's going to be over by the second exchange. Like mm -hmm. they're going to have a ten eight and a ten seven woman do the yeah. but yes. through the two two exchanges. What what are they, any other country going to have? They're going to have like an eleven zero yeah. and an uh, and a ten nine. Like okay, cool, good luck. So it's it's insane how good it I mean for a moment I'm actually gonna be like a Jamaican fan because I want to see something crazy. It, this is gonna be like me cheering for just history. I'm gonna be cheering to witness history in this situation. Obviously, mm -hmm. being American, you'll want America to do well, but when you see all the stars aligning for a certain team, it's kind of fun just to see watch something special. And I think we're gonna see that for the women in that four by one. Um can we had a four yeah. by two just for this year. Can we add a four by two? I think every year, every every Olympics, they should add one off relay, and it's voted on by the fans or us podcast hosts. It's voted on by podcast yes. hosts and track and field. And this year, I would vote. Other years, I'd have said four by eight, but this year, I want to see the four by two is what I would go for. This year, I want to see that U.S. not the shuttle hurdle relays. The worst no, relay not that. that no, they ever created. No DMR, no sprint medley relay. I think I go I go four by two this year. So Omar McLeod doesn't make it in the hurdles. I think there's some question about whether or not he could be added. They ran the the semis at night and then the finals first thing in the morning, but he hit a hurdle and then ended up finishing eighth, which would be huge news if he's not on the team heading to to Tokyo. Um, obviously he's a medal, gold medalist. So that'll be a story to watch, um, especially as it pertains to, to Grant Holloway and the U S hopes for a medal. Um, he, he did, uh, what? tweet out a post explaining what happened. Apparently yeah. they changed when the final for the 110 hurdles was going to be to a morning right. final coming off mm -hmm. of a late semifinal. And he said he didn't get much sleep because, you know, anxious from just running. And uh, he got a little bit of cramps going on and while he was warming up, but he just did it and then it just didn't work out. He did say, obviously, everyone had to do the same thing as him. It's not like he's the only one who had to run in the morning. Everyone else had the same exact schedule, but he mentioned everyone's body's different. Um, and I think, and he's hoping that they still select him. I do remember in 2016, Certain notable uh, mm -hmm. track and field athlete for Jamaica did not finish top three. The tall guy. His name was the tall guy. His name was Usain Bolt, and uh, they let him run. They put him on the team. So mm -hmm. I think Jamaica. They don't have the the Maybe process that the U.S. Back. has. I think they're just gonna either bring back Bolt or they'll let Omar McLeod in on the in the one ten hurdles. All right. This looks like Bolt looks like a video game there. Like he looks like a red, like a player one. Like select your character when he's doing that little joke. People who are watching can see. On the men's side of things, no man broke 10 for Jamaica, continuing a trend here. Um, as I mentioned, the US 
can sweep this event, um, the, the top person to knock people out would probably be Andre DeGrasse from Canada because Jamaica goes 10.00 with Tracy, Blake runs 10.01, and then Seville runs 10.04 here. So a far cry from how strong the women's team is in Jamaica. The 200 meter times also weren't going to be competitive with the U.S. So if you look internationally, I mentioned DeGrasse, Oduduru is running a fast 200 this year. You wonder about the collegians who are going to be representing, um, well, South Africa. Fon Bula. With Sean Maswangai. Yeah, and, and jo- Joseph Fanbele could be, those oh, those Bula. could be, end up being the the biggest threats here because I don't think Trayvon Bromel is looking at somebody running over 10 seconds and losing any sleep. Um, there's some guys in the nine nines we've talked about, you know, and you think Britain will send somebody solid. You think that, you know, maybe Simbine from, from South Africa will, he he's experienced and he'll, he'll get it done, but not many sub 20 guys outside the U S and not many sub 10 guys outside the U S. And we just saw at the trials, how deep the U S team is. Now they only have three guys. So all it takes and, so is one of them having a bad day for a spot to to open up and then the, the sweep is gone. But the t- there's a huge talent disparity right now between the U.S. and the rest of the world in men's sprinting that a couple years ago didn't exist because all we were talking about was Jamaican sweeps and Bolt and Blake. Yeah, what and- – why – I mean, we see the women in Jamaica – do what they're doing and it makes sense it's like all things come together you know shelly ann having mm-hmm. another a second like you know era of her career doing well right shrieka jackson doing her thing elaine thompson always been there why has jamaican men sprinting just fallen off the map like yes there's no more bolt but you, Johan, I mean, Johan Blake's older now, but like, why hasn't there been another Johan yeah. Blake that's come up? Why hasn't there been another, like, like Jamaica with the way they, the, the, the um, expectations and the, you know, what's, I forget the word. Uh, I forget the word I'm trying to say. But in general, you'd think that they would be able to continue to turn out mm-hmm. world class, at least nine, nine at worst type athletes. But we're not seeing it. What do you think the reason is? Yeah, I think the drop-off from Bolt was always going to be rough. But it wasn't about another Bolt. It was about, okay, who's the next Nesta Carter, Michael Freighter, Warren Weir, yeah, those, those sorts of Powell, yeah. got Right, yeah. Already, I mean, Powell was obviously at the high end of that. But can you just get a 9-8 or person or a consistent 9-9 low person or someone who's solidly sub – 20s for a while there the best the best jamaicans were or at least on the yearly list earlier this year and into last year it was a lot of andre ewers and you know people in the u.s collegiate system which that wasn't what was happening in in bolt's era obviously and how and and those guys they did not go to the u.s system for college they stayed in jamaica i i don't know i mean this is something that's gonna probably be talked about quite a bit and they're gonna look into it because Jamaican champs is still Jamaican champs. They're still going nuts over there for track and field. Yeah. That didn't stop. There has there has been some con- criticism of Jamaican champs. I went there in 2014 to see it. It is 
if you're a track and field fan and you just want to like experience something that you can't experience anywhere else, you got to go to Jamaican champs and just watch a track meet there. It's better than going to the Olympics or world championship or trials. It is like, it's just so, what's the word? I mean, it's basically like going to an Alabama football game, but they're watching a high school track meet and it's just like wild. Take Alabama football fans and put them at a track meet equally as excited for like a 14 year old running, you know, 21 seconds. It's like, it's wild. Anyway, um, but the criticism that some people have the champs is that they go too hard at a young age. Right, because this literally their champs is in some ways bigger than the trials, it's bigger than anything else. Because you have these like 10, 12 to 19 year olds who are going to the well really hard for like seven straight years because mm-hmm. this is like the pinnacle of their, their sport. That like it might, there might have been some athletes who have might have been overtrained at a younger age. Versus like Americans where U.S. sprinting in America, they're not going to the well like at the age 14. I mean, we do have some people going a little all the way through the AAU system, but in general, the amount of it's not it's not safe. I mean, I just saw it. So some people say, say that might be a reason is that they're overtraining their youth. But I mean... <laughs> But here's the thing, you know, it could not. I could also be talking out of my ass, too. So there's 2.9 million people in Jamaica. That's it, right? There's that's a reason, that's two, a good reason, too. <laughs> well, no, I'm just no, I'm saying that's like two, two, you know, there's three million people there. That's it, right? There's one percent of what Dallas. we have. The yeah. Houston and Dallas is three million people, so yeah. it was amazing that they were dominant to the level that they were dominant for all those years. So I think part of it is just coming down to earth a bit. And what the women are doing is still amazing considering how small the population is an island that small, getting that many medals for that many years. And I think they're going to continue to have success. And if you ranked all the sprint nations in the world, they'd still be near the top just because they're not number one for this part of, of time and they're being supplanted by a country that's immensely larger than them. I, you know, it's not the, it's not the end of the world, but I think there's going to be some, especially it takes like a global championships for people to realize what's been true for a couple of years. And you notice that a couple of years ago with, 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 with some of these nations, it's like they need to see, okay, we didn't get anybody to the final or we didn't get any medals for there to be change. You know, you and I look at it and we see, okay, this is kind of obvious. Look at the yearly list. There's no one. They're not going to be able to magically put somebody in the final if this is what their yearly list is telling us. But it takes that big stage for no one to be there for there to be actual change or some reflection on the process. But anyway, we're almost we're talking now, about we're process. Now really late on time. We're talking, talking about process. About process? Yeah. Okay, we're we're really really running low on time now, and people want to hear the breaking news. But you guys, you want to do Oslo too, right? Yeah, uh, the breaking news. I'll Go say ahead. the breaking news right now. Uh, Galen Rupp is running Chicago Marathon over the Boston mm. Marathon. So quick turnaround from the Olympics, right? It's just a few months. 
but he's running the Chicago Marathon, and Sarah Hall is also running the Chicago Marathon. That was my breaking news. See, I didn't get an email on this. Yeah, I got an email. You said I'd have an email. So it's not that breaking. That'll first of six, first of six uh, marathons probably for, in the Emails, fall for, yeah. for Sarah Hall. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah. Talk about Oslo real quick. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're yeah, going to re- – I mean, why would you say what are you looking forward to most? And I'll say what I'm looking forward to most. Warholm in the four hurdles. I want to see the response. And he's been able to run fast with no competition before. He's been able to run fast at any time of the year. We saw him do it in a year where there was no global championships last year. He had his most consistent season and he knocked it out of the park time after time after time. I want to see the response to, to Rye Benjamin. I think he's going to have one. Even if he doesn't run as fast as Rye, I think he's going to put out a time that lets us know that once again, the world record is going to be gone in Tokyo once they get on the same track. So I'm very excited to see how Warholm reacts to what Benjamin did in Eugene. For me, I'm going to have to go with another uh, local. I'm not sure if he's from Oslo, but he's from Norway. Jacob Ingebrigtsen. Uh, he's running the mile. It's always fun seeing them run uh, the mile because it's not a an event that's run as often. His PB is 351.3. You have to imagine he can run a sub 350. I mean... World record? Maybe not right now because he's. I'm gonna think he's trying to peak right now for a world record in uh, the mile with the Olympics coming up in a month. But I do think he is gonna start eventually. He's getting close to being like, all right, I'm now not just trying to win. I'm trying to do massive PBs. And the mile, he has a, a slow PB compared to what he can do in the 1500. So I'm excited to see him probably run a sub 350 maybe get his PB down to like a 348. And then once you're at 348 PB, you're like, hey, okay. I can get closer and closer to that world record, maybe. El oh, Garouge, what's up? How you doing? Keep it moving. You're talking world You're talking world records now. You heard me say it with Warholm, and you think it's going to spread over to Ingebrigtsen? You think it's going to be in the air in Oslo? Yeah, well, I don't think he's going to break the world record, but I do think he's going to run a time that sets him up for a world record down the road. So he's like, you know, a year away from being a year away. I think this is that year away. Might've been last year, especially if Chariot doesn't run at the Olympics. I think it's going to be Inger Britson's to lose. Yeah. Who else do you feel confident? Who else do you feel confident about? I mean, he already was really close to, to Chariot and those two were, were well away. Based on last I mean, year. Who else do I feel confident about? I mean, Centro, right? If it's if it's a 335 race, I can see Centro finding a way to be in it. But yeah, Inga Britson's going to be the heavy, heavy favorite. Heavy favorite. Yeah, I, I just, I remember Doha and, you know, he did the double, he did the double there and obviously he's he's still young i think that the two years matter and i think he's 
I think he's better than yeah. than everybody. Oh, he's hundred percent. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I think he's better than everybody except Chayu right now. It doesn't mean someone can't upset him on the right day, but I don't think that there's going to be maybe, much question about who the favorite will be. You could argue he's better than Chariot right now because Chariot is maybe not 100%. Like, even if Chariot is there and he's an 80% Chariot, like, I could see Jacob beating an 80% Chariot. So, yeah. Why not? Yeah. I'm just bummed that this double won't work out. I'm looking at the schedule now for Tokyo because I want to see him in the 15. Because the the five is going to be awesome too with all the players there too. So, you want to see him in, in both races. So, we shall see. We shall see. Um, okay, anything else? Continental Tour, live on flow track from Bidgosh. And then we got a big one next week from Sheikh in Hungary. That's going to be a big-time competition with Sean Miller-Webo. Who else is in that race or in that meet, Gordon? You had some names before. Dalila Muhammad is in there. I'm trying to find your text here. Oh, here we go. Grant Holloway. DeGrasse, Norman, Jackson, Jasmine Camacho Quinn, Christina Clemens, Okabare, Jacob Kiblimo, Devin Allen, Gatlin, Kenny Harrison, Shamir Little, Elliot Giles, Idris, and the list goes on and on and on. Jonathan, Shippers, Murphy. That'll be a good one. Yes, it will. I'm excited. We will do a quick, we'll do a, we'll recap. Um, the meet that's live tomorrow on the Continental Tour. And then we also will live recap the Diamond League Oslo on Thursday afternoon. So tune in. So what time? Is that 3 p.m.? I got my sword. I got my Viking sword that uh, most likely... Is it 3 p.m. Central? Tell the people... 3 p.m. Central. It starts at 3 p.m. Central, Thursday. Uh, Got it. We'll see Warholm probably wearing some Viking helmet with a sword or something, so... I found this in my car. Okay. This is Keep a prop it. Put it from an er- this is a prop from an early flow track video. I if someone you can should. find the video where this prop is used, I'll be very impressed. They won't, but if you can find a video, I'll give you one hint. It is a run junkie video. So good luck finding that. Remember run junkie? What are you gonna videos? send? What do they get? What do they get if they get it right? Maybe I'll mail them the prop. Maybe I'll mail them this. Autograph Ben Simmons jersey? Yeah, bar, yeah, autograph Ben Simmons jersey. Autograph Ben Simmons Portland Blazers jersey. By Gordon Matt. Gordon is gonna sign the plan. The Blazers. By Gordon, right. yeah. 3 p.m. Central on Thursday. Come check it out. Thanks everybody for tuning in live on FlowTrack. Thanks everybody for downloading on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcast. Thanks to Alon, thanks to Travis. Sorry, thanks to Colt and thanks to Travis. Alon will help us next time. See you guys.